Hey everybody, I'm John Gould. And I'm Nagin Muscati, and this is This Real Estate Life, the official podcast of the Baird and Warner Lincoln Park office. We have so many amazing real estate agents in our office, each with their own unique gifts and personalities, and we really just wanted to create a podcast where you can celebrate those individuals and learn a little bit about real estate along the way. Yeah, so whether you're a real estate agent yourself or just curious to learn more about what we do every day, this is the podcast for you. So thanks for joining us and we hope you love the journey. Woohoo! Welcome to This Real Estate Life, the Baird and Warner Lincoln Park podcast where we highlight and showcase the different gifts and talents our agents have. Today we have, for the third time, closing out our season, the one and only John Irwin. I don't know why we've given the most disruptive voice in our office the biggest platform, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) He means that in a loving way. Um, Actually, John, we just interviewed David for his episode yesterday. Um, You're actually the last episode of our season, so we're ending on a very high note. But we realized that both you and David Bailey have been the one, the the two guests that have been on our show the most. You have been featured every season. So how do you feel about sharing that title with David? Well, I'm probably going to say a lot of the things that he said um, on his podcast because we touch base a lot as far as analytics. And um, I think as I, I think David is, is one of the best as far as understanding what's going on in the market. So a lot of this may be a little bit repetitious, but we'll, we'll see. I will say in preparation for your podcast, I specifically did not ask him questions about the market. So okay. this should be fresh territory. Okay. Yeah, right. this is, so share whatever you feel like sharing today. This is all gonna be new information. And a really good way to just wrap up the season as well. You know, the reason we bring you back every season, which ends up being about once a quarter, is because we do appreciate and respect your knowledge and the way that you analyze the market and you have tons of good information to share. So I think it's great to always have a check-in for our agents to benefit from hearing your perspective and what you're seeing and what you're forecasting. So thanks for coming back again. We know you're very busy. We appreciate your time. Well, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Of course. Let's start with just checking in with you. What's new? How's your life? Well, my life is pretty good. It's going through some changes. I just took my son to college. Um, And so uh, Isabel and I are adjusting to life without a teenager, um, which is a big adjustment. And in the business world, um, I'm just trying to figure out what's actually going on here because there's a lot of changes going on. And I'm trying to... Um, help my buyers and my sellers adapt to these changes so that we can we can make the most of it. Sure. Well, let's talk about this. And, I, and, I, and I've been drinking a lot. <laughs> well, that's not new, though. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, before we dive into the real estate side of things, I'm going to ask you to get a little bit of vulnerability, uh, a little bit of vulnerability here with us, John. But how has that been? You, you just took your son to college and you kind of like, grazed past that real quickly but that's a big that's a big change and also i'm something sure you're something something that i'm sure you're really proud of too um i'm I'm very very proud of him and he i he's going uh he's at ohio state and i think it's going to be a very very good fit for him uh i i'm i'm the emotional one between isabel and i she's she's a little more stoic so it it 
I was a basket case for a couple of days and um, it's still, it still takes a little getting used to, but I'm just, I'm really excited about uh, even in his first week, it's, he's just had a great time. And um, it, it's my understanding from everybody that goes through this, you miss him for a couple of days then you get used to him. Then you get used to it. And then you get all annoyed because they're going to come home and disrupt everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably got until at least Thanksgiving. So yeah. it gives you a couple of months. Right. Yeah, give us a couple of months to get used to it. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. All right. Back to real estate. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So let's talk about um, overall how the Chicago market is doing. Of course, there's tons of different pockets. Different areas are doing differently. But give us a broad overview of what's going on. Well, uh, my answer to that is nobody really knows. Um, July, <laughs> right, well, July, the July numbers really, um, really produce more questions than answers. Mm -hmm. um, the market remains healthy. The market remains healthy, um, but it slowed down considerably from the first COVID boom. And I say the first COVID boom, because there's probably going to be a second one. Sure. Um, as per David's, uh, Bailey's numbers, July was the first month this year that we had an, a units under contract decrease against 2020. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're, we're starting to see the market um, slow down a little bit. Um, uh, in addition, one of the, you know, inventories uh, continue to, to decrease. Mm -hmm. um, and the interesting thing that is very, very hard to explain is that with inventories that low, prices are not increasing. Um, for example, we had a 6.2% um, increase in July in, um, in the near north side, Lincoln Park, Lakeview and North Center. That's a pretty low increase considering we're looking at months of supply of inventories in the threes for those neighborhoods. So there's a lot of things that are, are still unfolding. There's a lot of things that, that we can't explain. Um, and as we'll probably talk about later, there, there's, a, there's a whole lot of variables that, are, that we still don't have a good, a, a good handle on yet. But overall, the market is still healthy. I mean, we're still doing business and um, it, it's just very, very hard right at this point in time to predict where it's going to go. Would you attribute any of the July slowdown? And I, and I know too, just kind of anecdotally hearing agents talk in the office, August feels a little slow as well. Would you attribute any of that to like the normal seasonal slowdown this time of year? With people well, going on vacations, getting ready to go back to school. That's that's one of the interesting things that 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 a lot of people got wrong. Um, conventional wisdom earlier in the season said that because we were just coming out of COVID, uh, that there may not be as many people taking vacations as there was last year, sure. and therefore people would be staying home, kind of focusing on either buying or selling homes. There might be more inventory during July and August, which are usually slow months here. Um, as it turns out, people were just clawing at each other to get out of the city on vacation. Um, whether, whether, they, whether it was um, uh, by plane or a lot of people were taking car trips, uh, everybody was gone. And therefore, you could see, um, you could see in July, uh, open house attendance was down. 
uh, we didn't get that influx of inventory that we thought we were going to get. Sure. I heard an interesting perspective. Sorry, I'm going off off book here with those questions, John and G. It. So bear with me. It. But I heard this perspective right. recently, and uh, John, I'd I'd love to get your thoughts on this too. You know, we talk about how you know there's a lack of supply, a lack of supply, a lack of supply but contracts have been up in record numbers, which would indicate that there has to at least be supply for that. So it seems like there's actually been a lot of inventory and just kind of like re rethinking it, is it an inventory problem or is it more of a demand problem? And we're putting a lot of inventory out there, but we just can't keep up with the demand that's I, also out there. I think, it's, I, I think it's a number of things. I think both of the things that you said are true. I think that um, homes that are priced right and are like pretty much turnkey are selling very quickly. Um, the issue that we have is that um, the inventory that's there right now is somewhat stale. Um, mm. uh, if you take a look at uh, the four neighborhoods that I talked about, um, uh, active listings right now are on the market for an average of 158 days where closed listings were on the market for only 68 days. So you can see that the active inventory is older. It's a little stale. Um, anything that's going on that is priced really well and looks really good seems to be selling very, very quickly. But that look, again, that it hasn't looks been that much. And in, 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 to your point of uh, under contracts keep going up, um, as I said before, July was the first month that they went down. Sure. So I think that I think the big question is going to be um, what's going to happen in September and October. Uh, are people going to get back in the game? Are they going to be distracted by taking more vacations? Um, and are we going to see the usual influx of inventory in September that we normally see uh, after Labor Day? Or is that not going to happen? Sure. You don't and have again, that crystal I, ball? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was talking to David uh, the other day about this. And, and you know, this is the first time that uh, we can say that we really don't have any idea of what's going to happen. Um, and you know what? That's okay. You know, it, 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 better, better, you, better you say I don't know than, than make a prediction and, and have it go the other way. Um, you mentioned earlier that you know, supply is still so low, but prices aren't rising. Correct. Why do you think that is? That's an interesting one. Um, yeah. uh, I think that, <clears throat> I think that um, some of that is due to when you, when you look at the cumulative numbers, um, I think some of that is what's going on in the downtown and the near North side, where it's kind of like a fire sale down there. And they're dragging and they're dragging prices down. But um, in July, for example, um, the near north side was down 3.6. Everything was up 6.2%. But the near north side was down 3.6. Uh, Lincoln Park was the thing that carried everything. Lincoln Park was up 19.5. Lakeview was down 1.8. And North Center was up 7.4. So it's a real mixed bag. There's no trends. Um, you know, it, it changes month from month to month. So I don't have an answer for that. 
Good. <laughs> I mean, it, it, oh, no. by, all, by all rights, with inventories being that low, uh, we should be seeing right. we should be seeing price like double digit price increases, but we're not seeing that, and that's one of the that's somewhat of a red flag when you know when you read the reports on 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 the media that you know the market's going crazy well you got to look at the whole thing mm -hmm. sure do you john you mentioned um a few moments ago you know properties that are priced well and in good condition you know those ones are are selling more quickly um do you think some of the issue with inventory that's staying on the market and maybe why we're not seeing these the demand and these increases in prices could be maybe some older homes that aren't quite that HGTV turnkey look that buyers are looking for, or is that a stretch? Yeah, I, I think that that's a, I think that's a big part of it. Um, uh, from a design standpoint, we're we're we seem to be uh, uh, still in the contemporary phase. Um, I think we're coming to the end of that where very clean looks, not a lot of moldings, crown moldings and baseboard moldings, although that's starting to come back, but we, we haven't seen a lot of that. Very contemporary clean looks. And if you take a look at the, um, the homes, particularly single family homes that were built 2005, um, anywhere from the end of the 90s, 2005, 2000. 10, you know, they all look by today's standards fairly dated because they had heavy moldings and, you know, uh, very fancy things where today everything is very, very clean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's an issue that I've, I've noticed as well. The wood inlays, like the different mm -hmm. colored wood from yeah. the early 2000s, that's just, it's just tough to get a buyer to pay a premium price and then they still have to do all of this work to bring it up to their design standards. And, and buyers just, you know, there's a lot of people that have never done that work and are very intimidated by it. And then there's a whole other group of people that just plain old don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there is a shortage of new construction and uh, new construction is obviously flying, but for resale, um, the more turnkey it is, uh, the faster that it's going to sell. And, and I, on some of my properties, I'm dealing with that now uh, where I have a number of properties that have been on the market for a while and, and you know, we're going back and, and reevaluating them and saying, okay, uh, maybe rather than take a price change, maybe we need to do some upgrading um, so that it looks a little different. Sure. So that's the conversation you have with your sellers when you're trying to sell these properties. What I mean, if supplies still low what conversation do you have with your buyers to like encourage them to take some chances um i i think going forward i think there's going to be more conversations with buyers um uh to to take advantage of a lower price and do the renovations again mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that just plain old are not comfortable doing it and don't want to do it um I have a client right now that's been looking for a single family home in Lincoln Park and Lakeview, just can't find what they want. And, um, you know, we're going to have that conversation going forward that maybe, maybe we need to take a look at some of this existing inventory, get it at a really good price and maybe make, make the changes. But uh, like I said, a lot of people don't want to do that. I mean, understandably. 
I wouldn't want to either. <laughs> I have a pretty good marriage. And I got to tell you, one of the only one of the biggest issues we've ever had is when, when we were doing renovations in our house. So I, I totally understand. That. <laughs> yeah, I've lived through a re renovation in my old home, too. It's not it's not the easiest thing to do. No. And if you have kids, especially little kids, too. Ugh. Yep. But, you know, I, and actually this resonates with me, everything you just said, John, too, because we're currently under contract to purchase a home and didn't start with new construction, never thought I would buy new construction. And we are buying new construction because I looked at what was there. And for us, it made sense to pay a lot more and not have to do a damn thing when we move in. Like we got to that point where we're like, you know what, I don't want to do anything, but that's not where we started our search. But that's that we're we're seeing more and more of that. And I think that again, uh, when I what I said in the beginning is i'm I'm looking for answers for my clients. And one of the things is is uh, particularly for for sellers is that you know, spend a little money uh, with paint and flooring and and some other things and you may avoid taking a you know a hefty price change there's a lot cheaper doing renovations than it is taking price changes great it's great advice wise words so so that was the overall market are there certain neighborhoods that you think there's more opportunities for buyers in neighborhoods that are more opportunities for sellers right now I think that depends on what your buyers and sellers are looking for. Um, I mean, in a nutshell, uh, for buyers, the near north side and downtown is where you want to where you want to go. That's where the opportunities are. Uh, for sellers, uh, Lincoln Park, Lakeview, and North Center, uh, it right now is very advantageous because of the low inventories. Um, but again, price points are different. Uh, it depends on the price point. It depends on the property type that you're looking for. Um, there are always opportunities in every market. It just depends on what your what your buyers or sellers' needs are. For sure. I think it's. I mean, it's so interesting to me that there's like there's some areas where there where the there's a lot of inventory, right? Like in the loop and stuff. There's still they're still recovering from all last year. When do you think that balances out again? Does that balance out again? Yes, it will. Um, the, the one thing about all of this will come back. I think that um, some of it is um, office related. Uh, and again, you know, the return of COVID is once again going to delay people coming back to their offices. So that's another variable that we have to keep a, a real close eye on. Uh, we don't know how the second COVID you know, resurgence is going to, we don't know how serious it's going to be. We don't know how long it's going to last. And we don't know what it's going to affect. It'll obviously, it could affect brick and mortar stores and restaurants like it did before. Sure. But I think more importantly for the real estate market, um, it could delay the opening of offices, which was imminent, and then further delay people, you know, people buying buying homes to be closer to their office. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know my sister works for a company. Their office is in the loop. They were supposed to go back September 1st. Now they're delayed to January. And that's a big oh. maybe if they go in January. It's and just and again, depend. we have no idea what's going to happen with this. And, right. you know, that's why, that's why I said earlier, 
this is this is a very unusual market because we don't have answers that we that we normally have. John, is do you feel a little bit of deja vu, or is this just really different from March of 2020, April of 2020, when COVID kind of hit the first time? Oh, I think this is really different. Um, Could you explain that a little bit? Um, when COVID hit the first time, I mean, we, first of all, we were all susceptible to it. I mean, we still are to a certain extent. Um, there was no cure for it. And it was, it was, you know, it was, it was scary. Uh, now we have, a, we have pretty much of a cure for it. And the, you know, without trying to get political is the biggest issue is people won't use it. So I think that, you know, for those of us that are vaccinated, we don't have the fear uh, that we had the first time. Um, I don't think that we're going to have the, the long-term restrictions because I, I, I think that as we saw when, when Pfizer was, um, was approved permanently, I think you're going to see businesses um, do more and more mandates for vaccines. And hopefully, particularly in the city, um, hopefully that will, you know, that will lower the, uh, the infection rates. But I know I think this is this is very different because there is a cure now. It's just getting a lot of people to, to do it. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's still a lot of unknown and a lot of and a lot of fear, but it's not it's all very hopeful. Like hopefully we're, we're, we're going through like the last parts. Of, of the crisis, right? This is yeah, a new, I, this is a new crisis. yeah, I think that if we were in, in, in a more rural area, uh, it might take a little longer, but I think that in, in, in this urban area, I think you're going to see businesses, um, you know, demand vaccine mandates. And, uh, and I think that I hope that the courts will uphold those. And, uh, you know, I think they'll, I think that's the way that this is going to finally get under control. Yeah, I agree. So even though you said that it's hard to read this market right now, mm -hmm. um, do you have any predictions about what the rest of 2021 is going to look like into 2022? Uh, We're going to ask you to do it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> figure it out. I, 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 I said there's a number of, of variables that we're looking sure. at. And, um, the, you know, I mentioned um, the inventory levels, one, um, people, whether people are going to get distracted by other things before they, they get into the market. Uh, the return of COVID is obviously the third. Um, there's two other things that are that are looming that 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 are going to affect this market, and one of them, you know, we've I think we've mentioned on other podcasts is crime. Um, sure. It's a very very serious issue, and and um, having moved from another city that went to something similar, I know that crime is the one per, one thing that will will make people leave the city. To put up with a lot of stuff, but if they feel unsafe and their families are unsafe, they will leave. And you know, the media is showing more and more crime moving into the north side. Um, it's very concerning because there doesn't seem to be any answers. Um, right. uh, and the other variable, which has kind of been pushed off to the side, but will very soon rear its ugly head, is the financial problems and, and taxes. 
Um, I think we're due for reassessment next year for 2023. Um, and this city has some real financial problems. Um, uh, and, and they're going to have to be dealt with. Um, as was the case with New York and Los Angeles and some other big cities, they will take care of it, but uh, so far they haven't done anything. On a positive note, um, I, I know it sounds like, like I'm preaching doom and gloom. Um, on a positive note, um, interest rates are still very low and that's yeah. a big deal. And, and if prices aren't going up and you think you can make a good deal for a home and you can still get those interest rates, that's a real pro that's a that's a real plus the luxury market is improving um and even the high-end luxury market is is getting much much better where that that was terrible for a very long time uh the rental market is red hot uh, there's been an article in cranes about uh they've really been focusing on rentals this week and um, even the building that we're in elevate um, has a 98 percent occupancy rate which oh, is wow. which is really amazing uh, wow. Because when they built this, they go, "Who's going to pay twenty two hundred dollars for a studio?" Well, they're 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 <laughs> a bunch doing. Of people. And the other thing that I think is on the positive side, um, as long as O'Hare stays vibrant, this city is going to recover from from most anything that that's going to hit us. Uh, from a business standpoint, we're halfway across the we're halfway we're in the middle of the country. That airport is 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 a big deal for businesses uh, because it cuts down on the travel for their employees. You know, this is one of the reasons that Boeing moved here because they didn't, because they didn't have to fly all the way back to Seattle. They can come here to Chicago. So I think there's a lot of positives. I think there's a lot of issues. And when you boil it all together, I, I can't give you, you know, I, I can't give you a prediction. I do think the market, I think the market in most of the neighborhoods will continue to be good. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think we're going to continue to do business, but they, we may have some setbacks because of COVID and, and some of the other things. But I think overall, I, I, I'm optimistic. So knowing that and knowing that we're kind of in the unknown, it's hopefully going to trend positively, but we're in the unknown right now. What, how would you suggest agents position themselves to like be most helpful for their clients? Um, what kind of information are they giving? You know, what, how are they setting themselves apart knowing where the market's at? I, I think that, um, <clears throat> I think that um, you have to continue to monitor the market and, and, and uh, really kn know what's happening. You might not, this is going to sound weird. You may not know what's going on, but you need to know what's happening. Sure. And uh, they're two very different things. Yeah. Um, and I think that you have to counsel your buyers and your sellers accordingly um, for, for, for listings and for sellers. I think you've got to push for very realistic pricing. And as, as we mentioned before, for uh, the best appearance that you can make both online and in person. Um, buyers, you know, you can get some great deals on some properties um, and it might be worth looking at doing your own renovations. Um, it's a pain, but you might be able to come out of it with, with a real deal. Um, yeah. Remember, for those of you, you know, somebody was, was talking to me about a, a high-end luxury property and they were, they were um, it came down between my property and, or new construction downtown. And I said, well, you know, if you buy new construction downtown, 
you're paying top dollar for so, for something in an area that you don't know what's going to happen to that area, you know, and that top dollar six months from now, if the bottom falls out again, could be, you know, you could seriously overpay for something. So again, I think that you have to keep your eye on the market and, and counsel your people to, you know, to, to make the right choices. I think the education piece is really important and not for, it's not right for every property, but also buyers who are going to do those renovations, like they can get rehab loans, they can finance it. They don't always have to have all of the cash to do that work. And that may be something that they don't even know about. And that's where we come into to be able to present them with all of their options. Cause I agree with you, John, there's a lot of properties that with a little bit of love, maybe a lot of love and a lot of money <laughs> could look really, really amazing, but you get that great price now and you get to build yeah. that equity and make it look like what you want it to look like. You know, sometimes it's just a question of a coat of paint and maybe new countertops and, you know, a couple of bathrooms and everything. That's not sure. the end of the world. But I mean, if you can, if you can get a serious deal on a, on a, on a property and, uh, you know, it, it might be a very good opportunity right now. So for agents, and this is kind of um, more about you and where you come from, because you're very good about, about these analytics, you're very good about statistics and all that good stuff. For agents who aren't as good, and obviously it's every job, agent's job to know the market, but for agents who aren't as eloquent about talking about it, um, what tools and resources do you use to learn about the market, to analyze it? What's been successful for you? Um, I, I think that everyone should um, subscribe to Cranes online. Um, they're, they really give you a great local overview of, of what's going on in the city. Mm -hmm. uh, and they break it down by neighborhood. They have a, they have a top 10 every morning and they have, they have a, a separate real estate section and it's, it's really informative and not particularly biased. Yeah, I think that when you look at, uh, I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but when you look at the numbers at CAR and NAR, and I just saw uh, uh, it, it, like Top Agent Magazine, give, they're giving national statistics and they're also trying to show you that things are better than they actually are. Sure. Um, you know, you can't put lipstick on a pig and, and uh, you know, if, if, uh, if the market's not great. You need to be honest with your clients about that. And as I said before, there's always opportunities. But anyway, I would say cranes. I would say master the use of InfoSparks because you can get a lot of information off that. I think David's um, David's uh, meetings are probably the best source of information. I mean, he really puts it together and, and packages it so it's understandable. And you can take that information right out to your clients because it, it, it's really packaged to understand. And of course, my monthly analysis on my blog is probably <laughs> You can't get better. You can't get better than that. That's the best I mean of the best. All joking aside, you kind of can't. Your blog is fantastic. And that's Perfect. what johnirwinchicago.com. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So everybody go visit johnirwinchicago.com. Well, you, all, you all get it. You all, you all get the, the reports. <laughs> you all you. get it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've been subscribed a few times. I love it. And though. remember, I can see who opens it or not. <laughs> everybody open the email. That's not yeah. a joke either. You don't have to read it, but at least open it. <laughs> 
make my analytics look good. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I think you hit on something really important there that that you do well, David does well in his sales meetings. And it's like one thing to be able to know where to get the data and to be able to just spit it back out. But the average consumer doesn't know how to interpret that. What does it mean? What's the story? So the second step of that is being able to tell that story and explain it to them in the context that matters to them. Are you a seller? Are you a buyer? Are you in the loop? Are you in Lincoln Park? Are you in Glenview? Like, you know, there's there's a story that's specific to them and how they interpret the data is going to vary, but we need to be able to communicate that so that they get it. Otherwise, all they are seeing is the media headlines about how amazing the real estate market right. is. Right. And now they're just making assumptions. Oh, well, that's for my house too. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Well, the problem is it's going to come back and bite you in the butt because you're going to get the listing. You're going to get the listing. You're going to put it on. And then when it doesn't sell, well, you told us how hot the market was and, you know, ah, you don't need that aggravation. Nope. <laughs> so, I mean, again, you kind of answered the last question I was going to ask with how oh, to communicate sorry. this information with clients. No, it's great. You nailed it. Well, I, I, I think in, with that, uh, you know, some people are, are, some people are analytical and others aren't. And, and I, I find sometimes I'll be talking analytics to somebody and I start to see their eyes glaze over and I have to kind of back off. I think the litmus test for, is, for it is the information that you're giving. Is it interesting to you? I mean, sure. you find it interesting. It's something that, 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 that opens your eyes. And if it does, then it's probably going to open their eyes, you know, but it just, people don't want to hear the same old thing. Oh, the market's on fire and you better buy now, or you better sell now. They don't want to hear that. They want to know why. Yeah. And that, I think that's what, that's what you want to go after. Get specific. Is, yeah. No, Nikki, go. Sorry, we've been doing, so we've been doing so well with me. Now. No, you. Um, Okay, okay. Well, since you're letting me go, John, I think you just nailed it on the head. The why people want to know the why, and especially like the last year with everything, COVID, the social unrest, the crime, like it's been a fascinating market to watch too. And I think people are really invested in not just what's going on, but like, why do you think that's happening? I, I agree with you. And, and again, there is, there's nothing wrong with telling people, you don't know where the market's going to go as long as you tell them why you don't know. Um, and, 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 and I think that that's, that's the key to really, to really getting, getting your numbers and your, and, and your ideas across. Absolutely. Well said. Any additional questions again? No, I think you got them. I mean, as, as always, very, very informative. Yeah. Well, I just hope this makes the season three highlights. Oh, for sure. Well, we already <laughs> did that highlight episode, so you will not be featured. But if we well, had it, we've already discussed that. <laughs> How about this? We'll bring you back for season four. Okay, yeah, that's that, a sure that thing. That's that a sure thing. That works. <laughs> okay, that means it's time for your challenge questions. Oh, okay. Okay. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in a movie of your life, who would play you? It's going to be ah. some old guy who I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Who would play me? Uh, W.C. Fields. Okay, now we got to Google that. <laughs> <laughs> Bear with us. 
W.C. Fields, American comedian. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard of any of these movies. He looks familiar. I don't think you care. You have a physical resemblance, <laughs> but you are you're our resident comedian at the office, so that tracks. <laughs> you you should. You should watch one of his movies, uh, either My Little Chickadee or You Can't Cheat an Honest Man. He was he was a very, very funny guy. That's a okay. that's a deep pull. I'll I'll watch it. It is it, 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 it is as inappropriate as you can possibly get. Mm, so that's where you get your humor from, John. That movie came out 81 years ago. That's right. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still if you watched it you would be roaring you think it still holds up oh yeah oh yeah especially since now everything everything that comes out of his mouth is incredibly inappropriate <laughs> i'm sure that's awesome okay well then i we'll definitely that, that as your person follow-up question not the second question but follow-up to the first question okay. who would play nagin and i in a movie of your life Wow. Who would profound play? question? Who would play? I think. Oh well. Um you're gonna I I, I don't know whether I, I, I can answer that in a timely way. I'd have to give that one some thought. I mean, okay. you are two very special people, and we would have to get some very special. <laughs> You know what? You're the only person who has A, acknowledged how special we are and B, respected us enough to say you need some time to put some serious thought into it. So we just appreciate you taking that question. But you know seriously. what? Ask me that again in season four and I'll have an answer for you. I will. All right. Okay. Actual last question. Okay. When was the last moment you felt simply and truly happy? Just like content. Um... I'm, I always feel pretty, pretty happy, especially yeah. right after I, you know, right after I've done a podcast, it doesn't really get any better than that. You're, yeah, you're yeah, that. I think podcasts and the birth of my son are the two. <laughs> <laughs> Not your wedding, just podcast. Yeah, my wedding. Yeah, that, that, that pretty much sums up my life. Oh, my God. Well, we are privileged to have given you this joy three times. Yeah. And soon to be a fourth and many, many more, hopefully after that. And I'm and I'm I'm trying very hard not to say anything inappropriate, but I'll I'll just let it go with that. We appreciate it. I don't okay. think I have to do any editing for this episode thus far. So okay. All right. we'll, we'll just we'll just end it like that. In a few seasons, this podcast is just gonna devolve into us only interviewing John Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's gonna listen anyway no i think they would i think they would it would be very entertaining i i want to have a podcast where i interview you two yeah i'm i'm down with it okay i mean we got to turn we got to turn the microphone around and, and and we i mean they're dying to know about you two so we need somebody that can ask the tough questions there's a lot of mystery around oh. this guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Do you have an example of a tough question that people are dying to know? Not that I'm comfortable asking right now, no. <laughs> <laughs> so this would be completely off the record. No. 
No, not, we just could never air the episode. Not while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh I've, my god! I've been a good boy so far. You, you have. have. It must have been really hard for you. Yeah, it is. It really is. It is. I'm still, you know, deep down, I, I may be 70, but deep down inside, I'm still 12 years old, which yeah, everybody I knows. Chickadee on TV. <laughs> John, always a pleasure. We the always pleasure get a good laugh, mine. but we learn so, so much. So thank you. We'll put your contact info in the show notes if anybody has questions. You sure. know, I know you guys are all scrolling through there on your way down to rating us and reviewing us and subscribing us. So thank you for that. Um, but truly, what a great way to end season three. Thank you so much. We will see you next season. And I hope you guys both have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you very you much. Too. Guys. Bye. Bye guys.